Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel. Today, we're going to be talking about an idol group um, that is brand new to us, but maybe not to some people online. So, the group that we'll be spotlighting today, and to kind of, uh, as a jump board for a further discussion later, their name is Big Angel, and they are a Japanese pop idol group. And they are kind of exactly like you think. <laughs> they are plus-size girls, there are five members, and the concept of this group is that they are fat. According to their official profile, they're obese angels, like Emily was talking about. Um, but their concept is that they are, they fell from heaven because they weighed too much. Um, <laughs> and now they're singing and dancing on earth as idols in order to lose weight so they can return to heaven again. They actually do have a pretty active YouTube channel that I checked out today. Very, uh, very active. Where they, uh, vlog themselves eating, but they also do things like flying kites in the park. You know, they they film some of their live performances, like reactions afterwards. Um, it's a really cute channel. It's pretty much like, here we are, we're fat, we're doing things, we're eating, and we're not ashamed to put it on YouTube. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the blog Exciting Fat People. <laughs> Just fat people out, doing their thing. Doing their thing. This group reminds me of the Spice Girls, because each member is in charge of a specific food. Or foods. Yes. Um, and it's kind of like their nickname, kind of like Posh Spice or Sporty Spice. I guess you could be like, rice, mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, one girl is just mayonnaise. <laughs> that is that is me to a fucking T. <laughs> so let's, let's kind of go through them, actually. So the first girl, her name is uh, Michiko Gotochi. Emily is the Japanese speaker, so she's going to correct me. And her food is fried chicken, yeah, which is adorable. They even have uh, these, like, idol dresses where they have their food, like, in a plushy form, like, sewed on the front of their dress. It's super cute. She's the leader of the group. And we'll talk more about Michiko in a second. Uh, the other group members are uh, Inori Hashimoto. And her food is ham and sausages. Plus size, but still get the sausage. <laughs> um, <laughs> the third girl's uh, name is Haruka Arai. Her food is just rice. Um, I identify with that strongly also. <laughs> then there's Eritada. Her food is mayonnaise. Again, my girl. And then last but not least is Ron Fujisaki. And her food is grape sherbet. All excellent choices. Yes, all excellent food choices. So let's talk a little bit about, a, a little bit about Michiko. Our information that we're referencing right now is from a video that is already on YouTube about Big Angel. The video that we're referencing regarding Michiko is from a YouTube channel called Asian Boss. Uh, if you search Big Angel J-pop, it's the third result that comes up on YouTube. They had a pretty extensive interview package with her. Mm -hmm. Not just with her, with their fans. They had a lot of B-roll footage, too, from live performances. Yeah. And I, I very much recommend watching this video. After this episode, I'll even link this uh, video to it because this girl, Michiko, she is so eloquent. Mm -hmm. And very inspiring, too. She is. She's so adorable. And, like, I have a lot of feelings that we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. So uh, Michiko in this video describes her life as a former aspiring model, a straight-sized model, but she says that she's much happier now than when she was trying to become a model. She starved herself a lot to try to fit into these modeling gigs, and they kept being like, 
You yeah. need to lose weight. So she starved herself and starved herself. And then one day she binged and never went back. <laughs> she was like, I need to just eat the food that I want to eat. It was the fried chicken. It was the fried chicken, which is why that's her, her food item now. And I was surprised too. In the interview, she expresses that people in Japan actually think their group is cute. Um, and she was really surprised by that because she thought she was just going to get a lot of insults about, you know, you shouldn't be showing yourself off. You weigh too much, et cetera, et cetera. She says she doesn't really care what people think. And she's happy that a lot of their fans are female. I think what she wants to do is create like a safe space for women. And so she feels really happy to feel love from her female fans. Sometimes it's hard, I would say, for there to be a safe space for even just female fans of normal idol groups. Right. Because so much of idol culture is completely focused on um, male fans and the male gaze mm-hmm. and making sure that idols don't ever date anyone and that they right. look a certain way and they're always perfect and stuff like that. And I just think that this group is just so different because so many of their fans are female. Mm-hmm. In, in this interview, they they interview um, some fans what I noticed is that most of the women who they interviewed were also plus size. Right. And I was like, oh my God, that's, it almost made me cry. You yeah. Know? Like they, like, they have idols that they can see, they see their body type represented yeah. in an idol format, which is so important. But again, we will talk about this yeah. more in depth in a second. Michiko started this band once she decided she didn't want to be a model anymore. And at Big Angel's debut concert, which took place at a venue in Tokyo's uh, Shibuya District on April 29th. Last year. The members came on stage by (laughs) miming a fall from heaven and then busting into a catchy song uh, that has the title, I Gotta Go on a Diet. Now, I was skeptical when I saw the title of the song. I was too. (laughs) Yeah, I Gotta Go on a Diet. I mean... Yeah. yeah, I can relate to that, yeah. But from the English subtitles on their performance video, it's like, oh, I gotta go on a diet, but you know what? I'm hungry, so I'm gonna eat what I want. So. Yep, they're like, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> like, I gotta go on a diet tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. This performance actually even featured a 15-second pause in the song where all of the girls pretty much got on a geary on stage and then they yep. just shoved their face and ate it as fast as possible. I mean, that's that's pretty hard. 15 seconds to eat a whole onigiri. Yes. And uh, so after that, after that, then they go on and like finish the song and they are dancing. Like yeah. full out choreography. They are singing. I feel like I would have thrown up if that was me. Right? Me too. Especially because like onigiri, that's a lot of food. Like that's a sandwich. Imagine just like <laughs> engulfing a six inch subway sub on stage and then dancing immediately afterwards. Like yeah. that's nuts. So there is a music video on their YouTube page for I Gotta Go on a Diet. Um, and there's two versions. There's one where it's kind of like boob up and they're just kind of like lip syncing. And I can tell that, you know, it's like, we got big boobs. We're, we're big. Big boobies. I mean, if, if you are a larger lady, odds are you probably do have larger breasts. So I think they were trying to showcase that. And then the second one was a dance music video where they were in bikinis. String bikinis. String bikinis. And you see everything. And it's not like, you know how in Asian sizes, they'll be like size large, but it really kind of fits like a a loose small sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) They are legit plus size. Yes, they, they would fall into 
um, an American plus size category also. Yeah. Definitely. Um, they have bellies yeah. and they're shaking. And they're jiggling. And they're jiggling. And their arms are big too, which like, personally, I'm insecure about my fat arms, mm-hmm. you know? But they were there and they were like waving their arms about and dancing. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna cry. But <laughs> uh, yeah, like, they are going full out. I thought it was kind of weird that they were wearing flip-flops, I guess, like, to match the bikinis, but yeah. I was like, wouldn't that just be easier to dance barefoot? <laughs> well, flip-flops are pretty hard to dance in, so definitely props for that. Yeah. Also, it is also kind of hard to, to dance in a bikini, too. Yeah. Like, you, you have, there's a lot of things moving. I would be, personally, I would be concerned about, like, wardrobe malfunctions while I'm dancing around in a bikini, um, but they look really comfortable and adorable. And I honestly, I appreciated that they weren't wearing something that was like more covered up. Like, yeah, I have a belly. Here it is. It flops around. It's not a six pack. Like that, that was, that was really empowering for me also. In their other performance videos, you can see that they're wearing crop tops. Mm-hmm. Mostly they're wearing like idol outfits and some of them are cute, but personally I find most idol outfits look like a Halloween costume from yeah. like Halloween that you take out of a bag. And it's like, cute witch, and you know, you shake out the <laughs> dust, and you put it on. Right. Everyone kind of looks like uh, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz mixed with the witch. Yes. <laughs> That's what they all remind me of. And sometimes they were dressed like that, and um, sometimes they had the more personalized dresses, which right. I like. You know, if they just went in bikinis everywhere, I think that would actually, <laughs> that could be a thing, too. Could be impactful, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I really don't like idol outfits, but... I will say that I've never seen idols do a whole thing in string bikinis. Yeah, even, like, normal, quote-unquote, straight-size, like, K-pop artists, I haven't even seen them do bikinis. I've seen Hyena in, like, a sort of bikini top, I guess. That's yeah. it. More more of, like, a dominatrix vibe yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bikini type of situation. But anyway, it's back to Big Angel. <laughs> um, yeah, so I gotta go on a diet. Just the song itself... I thought it was pretty damn catchy, and there's mm-hmm. actually, like, a pretty legit guitar solo. Yeah. I think the guitar solo is when they were, like, trying to eat the onigiri. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely has a J-pop sound, kind of like a bubblegummy pop. That's kind of what identifies J-pop to me. It's, like, it's a very rhythmic, like, upbeat, bubblegummy type situation. They do have some other songs out. However, it is hard to find them because they don't have romanized titles, a lot of them. And they're all in hiragana. Yeah, and some katakana, but they are in Japanese, which made trying to find some of their stuff hard. I'm not going to lie. Yes. So I was only able to listen to I Gotta Go on a Diet, one other song, and I don't know the name of it. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's called uh, Pachya? Pocha. Pocha. Sounds Russian. It does. The only Roman title in it is Pocha. So yeah. Pocha is the other song we listen to. But allegedly there are other songs like a song called BBG, which stands for Big Body Girl, which is a song meant to remind people that it's not appropriate to touch big body girls without permission, which I just love. Yeah. I love Michiko. What an amazing, like, <laughs> an amazing group leader. Like, you can tell she, like, really cares about the message that she's trying to send. Yeah. Mad respect for this girl. Breaking news. Here's Kyle with the Red Velvet Minute. 
So Red Velvet just dropped another single. God forbid these girls get a break or even sleep. They dropped Sappy, which is a new Japanese single. So I'm anticipating they're going to probably drop another Japanese mini album like Hashtag Cookie Jar. Sappy is a, an upbeat, poppy song. It, it slaps. It's good. It is a really good single. It Just like every one of their songs grows on me every time I listen to it. There's great harmonies. And in the music video, it has all of their normal things. Pastels, great dancing, an odd concept. And the really cool thing about it is that they frame a lot of the scenes like a spot the difference book so they'll have two frames that are identical except there's one difference and they'll start checking off things that on screen that are the same and then showing what is not the same So now that we kind of covered them a little bit, let's go on to our discussion where we're talking about plus size people in music, in idol groups, also fetishizing versus empowering, which I feel like definitely, definitely has a place here and especially in idol groups. For sure. So let's talk about empowering versus fetishizing. So, <laughs> this, is, this is the heavy one. So, I, I feel like Michiko's goal is to empower her female fans to feel better about their bodies and to be supported through their decision to diet or not diet, which I think is a really wonderful goal. However, I feel like her market for that is probably small, especially in a society that I perceive to be, because I am not in it and I do not experience it on a daily basis, which I perceive to be not very body positive, in such a way that larger people should always, always, always be striving to be skinnier, even if that is done through unhealthy means. Again, that's how I perceive it from the outside. So I'm not part of that culture. That's just how I perceive it from the outside. So being that her audience is very, very small, probably, you have to look at other ways for that idol group to make money. And Emily and me were talking about this before the episode, but she brought up a good point that in a capitalist society, which Japan is, you have to make money. Men, I'm going to say mostly men, are probably spending money on this group by fetishizing them, by treating Michiko and all of her group mates as sexual objects and they may, you know, support them monetarily, go to their shows, buy their music, but they are not behind the message. Necessarily behind the body positive message. They are just consuming their bodies. There's no ethical consumption under capitalism, is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Rachel said it much more eloquently. <laughs> and like, no, I thought you, that was yeah. very succinct, yes. <laughs> yeah. Rachel and I, as plus-size women, were inspired by their music video where they were wearing string bikinis and dancing. Yes. However, I can also very much see how, let's just call them chubby chasers. Yeah. How a chubby chaser could watch that and be like, oh, yeah. Watching it 
and not being like, wow, they're proud of their bodies and they're good dancers and singers. More like, yeah, that's so hot. Yeah, I'd love to, like, jiggle their belly in their bikini or whatever. Yeah. Um, to me, the music video didn't seem super male-gazy. It didn't. However, it always has the potential to be male-gazy. When you are showing off body positivity in a way where you're showing more skin or showing your body off in a way that could be perceived as sexual, even though you're not intending for it to be sexual. And honestly, we don't know enough about Bichigo and her group to to be like for sure that it's not was not sexual was not meant to make money by being sexual i would like to hope that it was not done for that i would like to hope that they showed a lot of their skin to make their fans feel comfortable but again you still got to make money in a capitalist society so if they're making money because they're being fetishized well that's really on the men that are fetishizing them not on them you know they can't they can't help that and obviously, plus-sized women aren't the only people who experience this. Oh, for sure. You, for know, sure. you know, disabled people experience this yes. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, women of color experience this all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think there's a hard line about appreciation versus fetish. Mm-hmm. You know what, when you see it? From what I've seen of them, everything is very, like, kawaii. It's very cute. Yes. It's not raunchy. Mm-mm. There's no, like, close-up shots of their boobs and butt or yeah. or stomachs. The camera actually didn't even move. They just all danced, you know? Yeah. It was very stationary, I think, for budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I'm willing to give this group kind of the benefit of the doubt. I agree. Though it is sitting with me, like... I can't enjoy this as much as I really, really want to. Obviously, there's a company that owns this idol group. Yes. And they're in it to make money. And, like, all I can think is that there's just some person above them being like, okay, we got to get these fat chicks to do stuff for all these chubby chasers to give us money. You know? Yeah. Well, I I agree that there is no way in hell that – a business did not do a market study and see that as a revenue source. Well, there's no way in hell. Well, I know because I would say it's a say, revenue source for straight size yeah. groups too. I mean, there's no way in hell that was not a conversation that is not part of their business plan, etc. I mean, 99% of idol groups are very pretty, very thin girls. Yes. So, obviously, if everything's the same, people are going to be see- seeking out different things. Right. And this is just, you know, an alternative to kind of the everyday idol group, mm-hmm. um, which I think in the interview they talk about that. They're like, oh, yeah, that's how we really became known is because they would perform with, like, straight-sized idol groups. Right. <laughs> and they'd be like, they would be the only ones they would remember because yeah. they are unlike any of the other groups. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being a metal band in, um like, a pop music competition. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I have very complicated feelings about this as a woman who is plus size, you know, and just as a as a person who consumes media and and culture. And, and now that we just both know more, I would say we're both more critical of the media we consume. Yes. You know, that's just in the back of my mind. We would really love to hear everyone's opinions on this after you watch some of their videos. For sure. What do you guys think? Do you think that the way that they're being presented is a blatant fetish chaser 
thing or um, do you think that they're going for more of a body positivity route? We would love to know. There's just a lot to discuss. There is. So let's kind of button up that portion of it and let's talk about how Big Angel can possibly pave the way for more diverse body groups in the future. It always has to start with one, right? For sure. (laughs) And I feel like the more popular, the more awareness that is created about this group, the more companies will rotate their focus and take an interest and do some research on how differently sized groups might come across. Now, it seems like in the K-pop industry, how they do that for the most part, is they include one person that Mm -hmm. is a little bit different. And then they gauge that person's popularity on whether or not they will do more in the future. For instance, in CLC, they have a girl that is Thai in the group. And I think they did that. Honestly, I really think they did that to gauge how popular a Thai girl would be in a K-pop group. And that was going to gauge whether or not they were going to bring girls of other nationalities into the k-pop group sphere they also tried that that one time with the french girl and the k-pop group was that gloss i think it was gloss yes and that didn't go over so well however i feel like they're due to do that again even amber and fx oh for sure yeah an androgynous woman who Mm -hmm. who really did in the early days straight up look like a guy yes and she looks like a guy now and i love it completely yes (laughs) i'm very androgynous but um she is by far the most popular member of FX. Yes. That was so popular, it kind of inspired a whole group of Ambers. Sometimes they do it, you know, as a market test, and sometimes they don't listen to their fans. But what is interesting is they did release a group that was like an army of Ambers called GI. And they failed! And they failed. So, I feel like it's a little bit more nuanced and complicated than that, which is why I don't necessarily agree with pinning it all on this one person to decide if it's going to be successful, because I think a lot of idol success also comes down to an individual's personality. So if the person just isn't engaging and fans aren't connecting with that person, then of course they're not going to be popular. It doesn't matter what they look like. There was also the African-American girl, Alex, in Rania, but I think Rania has kind of imploded. So Yeah. (laughs) And not to mention all the um, Chinese members. Even just Chinese, straight up Chinese subunits yes. for Korean groups, because guess what, guys? China is a market, and it's a huge market. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, we can make some dollar-dollar bills. Yes. So, yeah, there always needs to be the first. So I really, 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 really hope that Big Angel becomes more successful. Yes. I know they're relatively new, and... If we're being real, Japanese idol culture is kind of a a niche. Yes. (laughs) But I feel like because they are so different, they might be able to be popular online. Yes. So. I feel like they have a strong market for that if they can get there. We are hoping that things like our show and us just talking about it and you guys talking about it will increase the popularity of this group. I feel like we have the potential to make a little bit of a change. Especially if you are plus size like us, or if you are a plus size ally, if you are a body positive person, this is a great group for, you know, your friends that are plus size. Like, it's so empowering to see people that look like you on the screen. Like, representation is super, 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 super important. Especially, you know, young plus size girls, they need that. Mm -hmm. They need to see that so they don't hate themselves so much. Yeah. (sighs) 
But do I see that in the near future for the K-pop industry? Probably not. No. Um, just because K-pop idols are still going on crazy fad diets and fainting and like eating like one chip a week or whatever they're crazy diet is weighing literally 85 pounds as a grown woman yeah i feel like for the entertainment biz just anywhere there's gonna be an element of that i wish that companies would actually fucking care about the health of their employees but guys capitalism makes them not care That That is true, because I, I feel like some of it is these self-imposed diets, but I also feel like a lot of it is, like, they don't feed them, period. Or they'll encourage them, be like, you should really lose, like, another five pounds. You should yeah. really, really lose, like, 11 pounds. Michiko, she in her interview, she was like, she would go to the modeling agency, and they're like, well, you need to lose 11 pounds. And she went on a diet for six months, and they were like, Okay, but you still need to lose, like, 11 pounds. You know, like, really, 11 pounds? You cannot even see 11 pounds on on your frame. Yeah. You and, can't. And the fact that they kept asking her over and over to lose more weight, she was an aspiring model, which means that she did modeling work before. She was like, it was good enough then. Yeah. I'm not good enough now. Like, that, it's just, yeah, that's it's a really gross thing, in my opinion. Can you think of anyone who is even close to being plus-sized in K-pop? Besides that one guy from Super Junior? Um, no. There are definitely idol groups that have, like, very waif-like girls. And there are idol groups with girls with, like, larger, more muscular legs because they dance so much. Um, but not nothing even remotely cl- close to plus size that I've ever seen. She's not plus size, first of all. But CL is uh, very voluptuous. She is curvy. She's curvaceous, but yeah. I couldn't imagine she's not she'd be size. more than a size six, like, no, no. at most. No, but, like, YG, her label, would always give her shit about her being fat and ugly, but she just had boobs. That's the level we're dealing with, guys. Your plus-size idol is CL. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come which on. Is, which is just so laughable, but, you know... I, I don't see that happening with K-pop in the near future, unfortunately. But it's something that I hope that Big Angel can make one step towards. You were saying before how Big Angel is very kawaii. Kawaii aesthetic. Kawaii aesthetic. I feel like kawaii aesthetic lends itself more to being, you know, fuller-faced, chubbier. Youthful. Youthful. Even. <laughs> than, than necessarily like Aegyo or Korean culture at the moment. South Korean culture at the moment. Yeah. If any of you guys live in Japan or Korea and have any experience at all, please send us an email, soispodcast.gmail.com. We would love the insight. Yes, for sure. Just as someone who has been to Japan, and we've both been to Japan Mm -hmm. and South Korea, there's this weird myth that everyone in Southeast Asian countries are skinny. And that is not true. That is not true at all. There are fat people everywhere, guys. Yeah, and I mean, like, yes, you see less in Japan and South Korea than you would on an average day in America. But they exist. They're out there. They're not old ladies. They're young young people, young girls that are chubby, who don't have any media that represent them, who are sad, who need that. There's people of all different ages and shapes and sizes Mm -hmm. like don't let this idea that there's just like a monolith of japanese person of south korean person yeah like don't think that i know like in media because all all you watch is k-dramas or Mm -hmm. like 
you know, like reality TV shows or something. Don't right. guys don't think that. Like that is such a dangerous idea to keep. Mm-hmm. Please remember that there is no monolith anywhere. I'm sorry, this turned into a total rant. <laughs> So we're going to wrap it up. We really love Big Angel. Definitely give them a look on YouTube. They are not on Spotify. You have to listen to their stuff on YouTube. Just search Big Angel J-Pop. The stuff will come up, especially if you can't search in Hiragana characters, because we can't. Um, (laughs) So definitely give them a a look. Let us know what you think. Respond to anything you heard in this podcast. Emily's going to close it out, and then we're going to give you some K-pop recommendations. Yeah, we decided we're going to do that after our episodes, is to just give you guys a little something to think about with a a song. So you can definitely find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can find us on Tumblr, soulmatespodcast.tumblr.com. You can find us on YouTube under Soulmates Podcast, on Instagram at Soulmates Podcast. You can send us an email soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. You can find any of our episodes on any podcasting site like Podbean, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, any of the places you normally find podcasts. We there. We there. My K-pop recommendation for this week, since the semester's kicking my ass, is Don't Fuck With Us by Lee High. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) My K-pop recommendation is Ice Ice by Hyuna. It is kind of like a B-side, but that song goes hard as hell, and I've been listening to it on Spotify lately. So have a great day, guys. Goodbye. Bye!